and local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. A lot of Niner talk to start the show because why not after they handle business in the city of brotherly love? And, you know, there's a lot to say about the city of brotherly love when you have a statue. And last, what was it, a couple seasons ago? I don't know if it was last season when a Niner fan put a, a Garoppolo jersey. Was that last season? When was that, Nate? On the Rockies Last statue? season, I believe. That was last season. So, you know, that's what that's what Niner fans do. Are Niner fans, they are the best traveling fan base in the NFL. And I don't I'd, think it's close. I would believe so. Yeah. I think this year, like in Jacksonville, they had 54% of the ticket sales. Yeah, and stuff. I don't think. But you look at last year, too, Pittsburgh, against Dallas. That's what split, I was going to yeah. say. Jacksonville, yeah. sure. Doing that in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Doing that in Philly. Yeah. They do not care. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, Jacksonville's and crazy, too. It's the opposite side of the country. Travel wise, I, I just, yeah. mean, I just no, no travel Legacy wise, wise. Yeah, you mean travel like fan wise, wise? Okay, fan yeah. wise, yeah, yeah. And that was the first game of the season, right? So yeah. here's my question: and travel as well, like, like it's not just like transplants that live there. Right. It feels like it's actual that's, like that's my Niner question. fans in San Francisco. My in dad the Bay Area. Uh, yeah. on Thanksgiving went to the Seahawks game. My mom and dad went, and it was. Uh, they were like the whole airport's just filled, mm-hmm. and they were shocked how many Niners fans were there. And that's Seattle; that's closer, but still, I think you see how much do actually travel and are not transplants. So, I'm, I'm, I am curious though, because nobody wants to feel like they're a, a bandwagon. I don't know if bandwagon sure. is the correct term here, but I'm curious because Niners and Cowboys obviously have a. Niners and Cowboys obviously have this long-standing rivalry, and they both did some things in the 90s, and neither of them have done very much since. I would say the Niners have done much more yeah. than the Cowboys since. But my question is, everybody, ta- if the Niners are going to have the best away fan base, right? And I know a lot of them are probably traveling from California. California is on the opposite coast, right? It is. Are we a little hard on Cowboys fans for being, oh, I'm a Cowboys fan because my mom or dad was and I've never been to Dallas? Are we underselling the amount of, I don't want to say bandwagon because this was back in the 90s, but I guess legacy Niner fans that aren't actually from the Bay Area? Because it's always about the Cowboys. The NFL's filled with that, though. There's like Packers fans, Giants fans everywhere. No, I know, know, but I'm saying they don't travel like the Niners. So I'm saying the only other team that you would say they show up like, not the only, there's probably about five, three to five teams that have fan bases that travel really well. Mm -hmm. And you would say Cowboys, who always get banged for being bandwagons, right? Or you're just like the Cowboys because they won in the 90s. Nobody says that about the Niners. The Niners have not won since the 90s, but the Niners travel better. I'm just not believing that Niner fans, especially in this economy, especially if you live in the Bay Area, are flying up and down and all around to follow their team. I think they're more bandwagon slash legacy Niner fans than sure. we talk about. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just the Cowboys it's get Montana. the worst rap because they were the loudest and I would say probably the most public of, of any of them. But there's definitely, I mean, let me tell you, as a, as a Minnesota fan myself, there's way too many Packer fans out here. There's way too, yeah. it's Green Bay Packers. Like, what is there to enjoy about, oh, yeah, you just, you, you went to the city of Green Bay yeah, once and just thought it was beautiful, beautiful rolling hills Part of, of that Green is Bay. Aaron Rodgers is from 
here too. That might be part of it. I definitely sure. have seen that. Yeah, yeah, there's some of that, but also like the Steelers are another. Like, I mean, it's just Patriots. It, yeah, I mean, I'm it's, a Ravens it's just fan, kind of more in. The, yeah, I mean, and any team that was popping in the '80s, '90s when there was four channels mm-hmm. and everybody was forced to watch the same three teams. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think. I think all the teams that had success in the 90s, Lakers, Celtics, they, they fall into that category as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when there was only bare minimum channels and there was four teams that were on, you know, 14 of the 17 weeks. Yeah. I think that that led to a lot of people being transplant fans. Yeah. And we've had the we've had the conversation already about bandwagons. We know where we all stand. Doesn't matter who you pick as long as you ride with them. Yep. So no hate here, but I, I I am basically I'm just saying I don't we don't talk enough about Niner fans that maybe have no connection to the Bay Area. Sure. Which is completely fine. Yeah. But the way that they travel is insane. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It's no, insane. It's, in, it's insane. Good on them. It's crazy. Good on no, them. Good great on them. I mean that's that stuff I think legitimate like having some sort of road traveling fan base mm-hmm. i really think that stuff matters a little bit of course it's not yeah. you know determining outcomes but it it definitely is is a great sign of a healthy organization for oh sure. without a like, doubt you can you can lose those fans so easily i mean especially those those kinds of fans it's so easy to lose those guys with like three or four down years and you know the niners to their credit is I've done a great job of staying relevant for, you know, no more than or I'm sorry, no less than like two to three year spurts. And the more you win, the more it grows. Totally. I mean, I think there are people that can always be had you can get right? reinvigorated as well. Be like, yeah. oh, I haven't liked the Niners since the, the 80s or 90s right. or whatever. And then, yeah, I, I love I picked it back up when they were making the championship every year. And my local team was, you know. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, like exactly. When, you know, how does how much does it warm your heart? You almost get chills if you're watching the Kings in an away game. The Kings take <laughs> off, and what do you start hearing? Yeah, light, light the, the beam. beam. It's great. Light the beam, and they're in the middle of, well, it wasn't in New Orleans because they right. didn't get a W, but there's Dallas. Minnesota. Or where, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. That stuff makes you feel good, and hopefully we all feel good tonight with the Pelicans and the Kings, and the Kings taking care of the Pelicans. Kings, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Pelicans as the Pelicans do add C.J. McCollum. This is the, I would say, the healthiest that the Pelicans have been all season. We just got word, Chris, that Chris Duarte will not yes. be playing. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of a blow. I don't think we saw him get injured, right? I don't think we, we noticed anything on Mm-mm. Saturday that, that showed an injury. So that's that's an interesting development. But, um, yeah, I mean, with, with Keegan being back into the lineup, it shouldn't kill you that much to not have Duarte maybe this is an opportunity for Colby Jones to get reinserted into the rotation who knows um I I I think it's it's a it's a good opportunity for a guy like Colby or who knows maybe maybe Keon Ellis as well we saw him enter the rotation again on Monday could be extended minutes for those guys I I think it's a I think that at the very least, like that shouldn't be a position that like really kills the Kings. Duarte, of course, is somebody who's they've used a little bit at the forward spot, but it feels like with the the size of the Pelicans, mm-hmm. you're not really gonna probably ask him to move up. So it's not really killing you because of how much guard depth the Kings have. So at the least there's a positive and and yeah, you know, obviously you'd love to have Duarte's physicality out there, but the good news is the this. I don't know if this game necessarily is a Kings need a guy like Duarte out there. No, and you you just need a collection of guys. Yes, and if, exactly. If, if Keegan was still out, this is a completely different conversation. Exactly. But you do have Keegan back, and to break down the the tournament a little bit and what happens with a win. What's yes. up, Nate? 
Sorry, Joe just came in. Joe DeRose, number one fan of the show. Mm-hmm. He wanted to let us know that De'Aaron Fox won Player of the Week again. Did he really? Yes, yes he did. Wow. There you go. So, conference player of the we got week some twice. MVPs here in North, Car- uh, North Carolina. <laughs> Jeez, Car- North, Northern California. <laughs> Jeez. I've never even been to North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, isn't that something? Brock yeah, I'm looking Fox. at it right now. Brock Sacramento and Fox. Kings, De'Aaron the Fox, Brocks. and New York Knicks forward Julius Randle have been named NBA Western and Eastern Conference Players of the Week. Uh, this week, De'Aaron, the Kings were 2-1. and one. De'Aaron Fox averaged 31.7 points per game, 6 rebounds, 8.7 assists, including career-high 16 uh, the other night against the Nuggets. So, I... I want to ask you. Yeah. Now you got me going. Here okay. Because this happens a lot where we're, we're, you know, we tied a bow on Brock Purdy and the right. MVP for now. And Brock is all, he has flown up the list and, you know, Niner fans, hey, they're going to root for their guy. Brock deserves this and it's never enough and it's this and it's that. And if he was this and he was that, then he could <laughs> talk about more. And now you have Kings fans. And I did partake because it was fun to me. Yep. You have all these Kings fans who, when De'Aaron, before the, I don't even know if the game was officially over yet. So it's not like the Bleacher Reports of the World and the ES, the Sports Center, had time to even post yet. And all the Kings fans, you know where I'm going with this, all the Kings fans, if somebody from Indiana had 16 assists and this yep. stat line, it would be all over the place. Yep. Fair or foul, do you, are you okay with Kings fans taking it there? Would you rather Kings fans just be the bigger person? Where are you at? I'm okay with Kings fans taking it there. I mean, it it is – it's very fair. I mean, it's it's the fact that it. I think Kings fans still feel like the narrative, especially now with Tyrese Ball, and again, like you know, he was out for the second half of last year, so the the talk kind of was quieter. Um, but now with Tyrese playing the way he is, it's bringing up the Sabonis trade again, and clearly, you know, there's just been a lot of attention that's brought to Tyrese Halliburton, the individual, and still people bringing up the debate of, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Did they pick the right point? Did the Kings pick the right point guard to give away? Was uh, was the juice worth the squeeze? Is the Kings' success now worth the fact that you potentially lost a guy who you can have for the next 15 years, and mm-hmm. what success that would bring? So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it because all that talk is is a whole lot because you never see – and we've talked about why De'Aaron isn't talked a lot on House of Highlights and right. Sports Center and all that stuff. You never see De'Aaron Fox stat lines on any of those sites. But the second Tyrese Halliburton has a 25-16, which is crazy and is definitely noteworthy, like you said, ESPN might not even wait for the game to end to put right. up Tyrese's stat line. Right. But De'Aaron has a career-high 16 uh, assists, one turnover, scores 26 points against the defending champions. I didn't see anything about it. Mm. I didn't see a single post about De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I, I think Kings fans are right to kind of pipe up. And if the Kings fans aren't going to pipe up about it, who is? Because yeah. that's the thing is, is you know, they, they know this is, this is how it goes here. The Kings – get ignored completely, but then once it's time to laugh at the Kings or, you know, ESPN, you know what I will say? I'm sorry. I don't think it was ESPN. I think it was NBA uh, social media posts. You know what they posted after that game on Saturday night? Nikola Jokic, 36, 14, and 13, uh, but didn't mention once uh, that they lost that game. So I think that's where Kings fans are coming yeah. from. It's the disrespect it's a of legit gripe. Okay, so Tyrese Halliburton goes crazy, quick to post that. 
Nikola Jokic goes crazy in a loss or the Lakers, you know, the Kings destroy the Lakers and the headline will be LeBron and AD can't click as Lakers lose second in a row or something instead of, you know, Kings take it to Lakers in home crowd and beat them for the second time this year. That's where Kings fans kind of, I I think they're totally justifiable in in piping up about their guys being disrespected because they are being disrespected. No, makes sense. Got to get to a break. From the 916, please help me feel better about this terrible matchup tonight. (laughs) Pelicans own the Kings. Interesting. 916, we will make you feel better when we get back from the break. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. If you want to be a part of the conversation, 916-339-1140. Just like this 916 number wants to be a part of the conversation. Please help me feel better about this terrible matchup tonight. Pelicans own the Kings. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of nailed it there, 916. It is a pretty terrible matchup for the Kings. I, I I will admit that. Like the Pelicans just why just man for man, it doesn't really match up well. Uh, you know, the Kings traditionally have really struggled with length and size, and that's kind of really where the Pelicans' bread is buttered. They have an excess of forwards who are six seven to six nine and have those seven foot wingspans, which frankly, the Kings are completely lacking like they have Harrison they have the six eights they have those the Keegan Murray and the the Harrison Barnes and maybe you can throw Trey Lyles in there and Sasha in there as well but those guys aren't necessarily the athletes or the the don't have the lateral quickness that HB and Keegan do and again the Pelicans just have a ton of it when you go to Herb Jones or you have uh you have Trey Murphy you've got Zion you got Brandon Ingram I think they have Trey, uh, uh, Trey Lance, uh, Larry Nance Jr. as yeah. well. Like they have so much of those guys that just really are going to give the Kings problems. Even Jordan Hawkins is a guy who's got some length. Najee Marshall is somebody who they play at the four who can give you problems as well. They just really don't. I mean, just just like the texter said, it's the matchup that does not bode well for the Kings. And uh, I mean, that's that's if you want to turn this into talking more like a, a seven game series. Those are the kind of things that end up killing you when you play when you match up like teams like the Pelicans in the playoffs is styles make fights and I do think that the the st- the style of player the the type of player that the Pelicans get is a little bit of a kryptonite for this Kings team like when you're a shoot a jump shooting team or when <laughs> or when you're trying to get to the rim as well but specifically when you're a jump shooting team it's tough to shoot over those long bodies because the Pelicans have the length to close out on guys while still being able to collapse into the paint. So, And that's why the Pelicans are one of the best teams at defending the three-point. I think they're they're still top five in opposing three-point percentage. It's really, really tough because the only thing you can do is match it with size, which, again, the Kings don't have. So well, hold on now. That's what makes it tough. And hold on now. Yeah. I'm looking here. Uh-huh. Pelicans, if I were to tell you – Pelicans played a game where Brandon Ingram scored 23, okay. Zion scored 27, okay. Valanchunas double-double, wow. 10-15, 15 points, 10 boards, Herb Jones, Herb Jones, 17 <laughs> points, 
Jordan Hawkins 10. Yeah. Would you think they won that game? Probably. They lost to the Chicago Bulls without Zach Levine. Not great. That's not great. They lost on Saturday to the Bulls without Zach Levine. DeMar DeRozan dropped 24. Patrick Williams dropped 14. Kobe White. Yeah, he went crazy. 31. Come on. Ayo DeSunmo scores 15. Torrey Craig scores 15. Is that the Caruso game as well? Was that the game? I there was I know Cruz there was only had eight. Okay. I know there was a game this weekend or over the week where Caruso hit a game winner. So they're eleven and ten here, the Pelicans. Yeah. And I know it's more about the kryptonite versus the Pelicans being right. a juggernaut. Yeah. But if the Bulls with no Zach Levine sure. can take care of the Pelicans and allow look, if 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 okay, so get to one twenty four. Yeah. Defend, get to one twenty four, and you can let Brandon Ingram keep Brandon Ingram under twenty five. Totally. Keep Zion under thirty, and that's a W. It should be. I mean, it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not that the Pelicans are some juggernaut. I don't know why. I will have to check. C.J. McCollum didn't play, doesn't mm-hmm. look like. So. Right. And, yeah, that also could play yeah. a little bit of a factor into it, the inconsistency of not knowing who you have on a given night. But mm-hmm. You could also say that that's just Pelicans basketball, right? right. It's not right. knowing the team you're going to face on any given night. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely a, ca- a team that's capable of losing. And, I mean, it feels like the numbers probably are leaning in Sacramento's favor as well. When you talk about how tough it is to beat a team three times in a row, you almost have to, like the Golden State. Golden State almost had the Kings number three times in a row, Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw how hard it was for Golden State to close out that game. I think, again, the numbers feel like they should be going back into Sacramento's favor. Those two games were in New Orleans. This one's at home. The Kings have played them twice. They played better in that second game. It feels like the Kings have all of the positive momentum and like maybe they figured it out and that first game might have just been a fluke. Mm -hmm. But I will just, again, reiterate that it's just a rough matchup. I'm not saying the Kings can't get it done. I think they should get it done, as a matter of fact. But if it doesn't go well... I think it's going to be because they just overwhelmed them with size and length. And the Kings, much like we saw them do during that road trip, they might fall victim to just giving up and and falling into those just desperation threes that we saw during that road trip where they do become one-dimensional. And that's why it's so big for for a guy like Keegan Murray. He didn't really have it going in that Nuggets game. He had a little stint in the third quarter where he scored his eight points, but – they're going to need him tonight. They're going to need him to do the thing that they've been asking him to do all season and he struggled with. They need the defense because they're going to need to throw a body on Brandon Ingram or Zion for 30-plus minutes, but they're also going to need him to hit some threes as well. And so, I, I you know, early, early preview of a dog segment, but I really think that it's going to be big on the Kings forwards to try and match the size of the Pelicans. And, of course, of course, it's going to be big on De'Aaron and Domas as well to establish the paint. But to me, I'm looking at the forwards tonight to win the game. Yeah, I just I, I don't want to I don't want to build up this team and go into it thinking. First of all, to feel better about the Pelicans or feel better feel better about facing the Pelicans. Sure. First of all, the Kings owe them one, right? Definitely. They, they owe yeah. they owe them one. Obviously, you're at home. You have an opportunity. It's an in-season tournament for, you know, you get to play them in yeah. a higher stake 
situation. Four no so far, Kings are undefeated in, in in season tournament play. The Kings are. There you go. Come so on. you want to keep that rolling, and ultimately, I just think that when I look at this Kings team and what they did yeah. against the Warriors, mm-hmm. right, and what they even did against the Nuggets. Now, the Nuggets, I, I think, to be completely honest, started to run out of gas a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Not to give the excuse of the second game of the back-to-back, but I like the Kings' ability to turn up and show up when it's time to show up and yeah. show out. Ever since the beginning of, really, if you look at the the biggest games, they've had more trouble with the games that they should win yeah. than the games where, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Because I would say it was tough the beginning of the season, that Warrior game, first game of the season against the Jazz, of course right. you're going to show up. That Warrior game, I it was kind of back and forth. It wasn't a, wasn't a bad effort, wasn't a great effort. They got it done with the Lakers, right, at home. Then after that, I feel, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that they've shown up big and all of their kind of national oh, big yeah. games. Their issue have been the NBA TV games right. or only the local <laughs> games, and this isn't that. So I, I think the Kings will put their best foot forward. Even yeah. that that last Warrior game where we're thinking, man, they just they just didn't get off the bus. They didn't right. have to take the bus. They didn't get out of their cars, <laughs> right? They're still in the right. locker room. Then they show up and they get it yeah. done. So I, if you're looking for reasons, 916, to be positive, yeah. I would say – that they owe the Pelicans one. The Pelicans are Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. you got to think that numbers-wise, yeah. they'll cool off because they've been playing well against the Kings. And also, this is a primetime game where I've se- I I think that the Kings have started to show that's that really interesting. they like it a little bit. I think that's a fantastic point because, yeah, I mean, we've seen the Kings have kind of had to get adjusted to playing mm-hmm. on national TV. It's a different stage. It's a different environment. And the Kings at this point have played – I don't even know how many of their games have been mm-hmm. broadcasted, but it feels like at least 50% of a their good games. Bit. A good bit. Uh, and the Pelicans haven't had that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember from being here through the drought, like when you're not a team that's always in the spotlight, those national TV games, they matter a little bit more and everybody feels it. You mm-hmm. can say, or you can feel the, oh, this this game's on national. Oh, ESPN's in the building today. Mm-hmm. You can feel those kind of things and, I don't. I I just don't know if this Pelicans team, as currently constructed, is used to that kind of environment. Not saying it's the end all be all, but sometimes, yeah, you're you're not ready for what those bright lights bring you. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Kings feel at home, like they mm-hmm. don't even notice those kind of things anymore. So, and also, I mean, looking at the Kings' performance, I'm trying. To, I I realized this after uh, the game on Saturday. The Kings have won nine of their last twelve games doesn't feel like that Mm-mm. but that's incredible in those in the wins in those nine are wins over the thunder the Cavs, mm. the lakers mm. the mavericks uh the timberwolves you have a win against the warriors the nuggets in there that's really really good run yeah. of basketball especially when you consider two of those losses are to the pelicans and one is a back-to-back night against the clippers right like that's a really great stretch of basketball that you gotta feel like the kings are playing the best basketball maybe of anyone in the NBA with the exception of, you know, your Orlando Magics of the world. Like, there's a couple teams out there that are streaking, but 9 of 12 is about as good as it gets. And so I, I, it kind of feels like if you're if you're taking the momentum of things, it feels like the Kings definitely, you mentioned the, the Pelicans coming off a loss against the Bulls, mm-hmm. feels like the Kings are playing the more informed basketball right now too. So you have that working for your advantage as well, 916. There you go. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we'll talk about what happens if the Kings win. 
And yeah, we got to talk about what happens if they mm. lose. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Call or text at 916 339 1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. A little bit of NFL news going down. It's a little bit confusing, but I saw something on the YouTube chat about Alvarado, and I want to get into that. I think it'll be an interesting topic here. But real quick, Chris, I don't know if you saw. This is a little bit confusing. Zach Wilson, this is per Diana Rossini, Zach Wilson is reluctant to take back over as the Jets' starting QB. The team is leaning towards making a QB change, but Wilson is not all in. What? Wait, what? So they're asking him to come back and... He's like, coach, are you sure? Right. What what does that mean? So he wants to get... He said he wants a new start. Yeah, like what's the Zach Wilson angle from this? Is he afraid that he's damaging... You're going to look worse, which I don't think is Let me tell you, buddy. Let me tell you something, pal. If Zach Wilson gets another opportunity, he will. I and I hate to say it on a day where Trey, I'm going to go Voldemort here, only because <laughs> Brock Purdy has played so well. But if you go from throwing your 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 last season, you threw your teammates under the bus. Yep. You stink. Yep. Right. You've shown nothing. I don't know what the number two pick in the draft. Number right? two out or of three, out of BYU. Three, yeah. Right. I don't really know how you blew up the draft board so quickly. If he gets an opportunity, if he starts another game, and he probably will. No, I would almost guarantee he will. Here you go. If he starts a game with another team Uh before Trey Lance starts a game, I'm going to have a lot of questions. I think he, if I had to, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I would say he probably will start a game. We just saw Trevor Simeon get action. I thought Trevor Simeon was done, like done, yeah. done. I thought we were past that. Trevor Never. Simeon's getting work. I mean, Sam Darnold's the Niners' backup right now. Yeah. He's one bad hit away. To start a game. So, Sam so could basically, start, just, I just mean like he's one opportunity, he's one play away from starting games. What I'm asking, I guess, in a different way is, let's say Baker. they, let's say the 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 Jets move off of Zach yeah. Wilson. Will a team? Because you know, people. Yes, players get injured. Will a team take him to be their backup next yes. season? Yes, that's insane. Mitchell Trubisky is just is going to start this weekend. Like, I mean, it's how the NFL goes. Like, you will be well, not for everybody. I need. But. We need to get a scout. We need to get a scout. We got Nate on the line here. Nate, we got to get a scout, and we got to find out what the heck happened with Trey Lance. Because with everything you just said, yeah. he is over there just, just wallowing waiting. in the just depths waiting for an of Dallas. Opportunity. It is just yeah. bizarre. Yeah. He's never going to get a shot, too. Not in like, Dallas. No, there's no way. Not in, no, not in Dallas. Not with MVP Dak. Right? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. Cooper Rush is good, too. No, he's, yeah. No, like, they've great. had to go to Cooper Rush this year, I think, and blow. Like, they don't go to Trey. Jerry got Trey for two reasons, to light a fire under Dak. Yeah. And to hopefully flip Trey somewhere, and clearly he has not. <laughs> and also to get under forty nine. And skin. to get under forty nine the, skin. The fire thing worked, I guess. Right? Jerry is smart. <laughs> like if that so. if that's the theory, then it worked. It worked. I think and it was part of it. And then did like you see Jerry, when Trey Lance got there and cut his hair yeah. and looked yeah. just like Trey? <laughs> well, we Jerry know, said, hey, us three know about Trey Lance's hair. hair. 
us three, we've had a couple conversations. I am not going it's there. Not great. Yeah, it's not, it not runs in the there. name, is what I would say. Come on, shout out to guy. I'm not going there. The other news. This isn't really news. This is from a Eagles reporter, Elliot Shore Parks. He tweeted this morning. The thing I keep coming back to with the loss is that the Eagles didn't play that bad or different than they normally do. They didn't turn it over four times. They didn't miss wide open receivers. They didn't drop passes. They just got straight up beat. That's badly. That's not good. That's not good for right. the Eagles. Right. There's nothing then. you can say, well, that's we awful. didn't do this yeah. or that. Yo, you just got beat. No. Yeah. They, is, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. I, I was is there like an argument that maybe the Eagles were too I mean, the Eagles all week were playing it coy, but is there a chance that I mean the Eagles kind of secretly were super hyped up about this game as well? Oh yeah, dude. And like kind of let their emotions the, get the into highlights it? before. Did you guys? You guys I did heard not about hear that? that? No, I didn't. Sir, hear that. Before the game, Sirianni's playing Debo's trash talk. Everyone's trash talk. Really? For the, Quite not literally the, bulletin this, board material. Yes. Yeah, so, I think a huge factor though that people are discussing is Niners had ten days off, sure. Eagles had seven, but they came off arguably the hardest win of their season. Right. And the Chiefs game before, like uh, they're in the gauntlet, whatever you want to say. But they they played ninety two snaps, uh, both sides of the ball. I don't know which side played how much, right. but they went overtime. They had about four minutes left in that game in right. a in a super hard weather game, and now they have to change focus to the mm-hmm. best team in football. The right. Well, yeah. yeah and that. Right. Oh, I was the Niners, about, yeah, yeah, the Could you could you Niners, draw parallels of like the Kings last week, where it's like you have this huge emotional win over mm. Golden State, where yeah, you come back, and yeah. then the next night you have this. I mean, it, you know, record-wise, they don't stack up with the Niners, mm-hmm. of course, or don't compare, but, like, tons of talent that you have to try and figure out with no game plan. Not that the Eagles had no game plan, but you right. understand what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Is there parallels there? I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, you know, when we talk reasons versus mm-hmm. excuses, it's definitely a reason why, for sure. Like, yeah. seven versus ten days rest is not nothing. No, and you have, there, there comes a point where – you know, I, I if you are an Eagles fan, you probably looked at that stretch and just said four and one would be great. Now yep. they're not done. Also that right. they still have yeah. the Cowboys and they mm-hmm. still have the Seahawks. Who you, I don't think you can completely right. snooze on the Seahawks. But I, I just think that if you're looking at this positively from the Eagles standpoint, you would say we were in the middle of our gauntlet. The Niners had an axe to grind, yeah. and they they had it coming for us, and they they were just a better team after we came off that. Really tough victory. Right. So it is what it is. We'll see him when we see him. If you are thinking pessimistically about the Eagles, you would say that's all fine and good. But unless we're going to just be different offensively and our corners right. are going to be healthier, yeah. which they never seem to be, that What's team the new is game still plan? just Dude, we just yeah, might right. not lose by that much. Their O line was good too. Jalen yeah. Hurts had, had all, all the day. Time. He's pointing day. down the field at yeah. his guys, and yeah. then he tripped. Well, you know, whatever. Right. And that was a sack. But several times, I start to worry. I'm like, I know the Niners secondary isn't great. Right. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And they played elite. They played elite yeah. against the Eagles, and they're I. I'm confident in saying that. Jalen Hurts sat back there, had all day. We're yeah. screaming at the TV. Going like you can't give him this, you can't give him. This. But they can't run the ball, mm-hmm. so they know they're not going to run the ball. It, they're 
Their very, problems aren't from there in, in the trenches with them. No, which Charvarius Ward did his thing against a big receiver and AJ Brown. He did his on thing. the first drive. Yeah, yeah it was on, amazing on his drive. Ambry Thomas, guys that we I think we all know that Charvarius Ward is a stud, but Ambry Thomas, he's been you know people have had some things to say about him from time to time. So the Niners were just clicking. Now, mm-hmm. do you think that the Niners will will continue to play like that and play like that throughout the playoffs? I don't know. That's always been the question. Right. The same guy who. You know, I was talking to my buddy about the Rams situation. It's also, we know when the Niners get rolling, there's really no stopping them. Totally. Is there a team that can keep them from getting rolling? This I is don't a know. way different Niners team I than, than Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. No, I'm not saying that, though. I'm saying this season. Yeah. Like, how many times have the Niners, not to, not to be negative here, but how many times have the Niners, once the cog gets rolling, right? Once the ball gets rolling, remember that no. game? Yeah. Well, remember, well, not not Maze Runner, but the game that you would play on your phone when you're running? Temple Run. Temple, temple Run. run. Such a great How game. many times? Yes, great game. How many times when the Niners start the Temple Run, do they get stopped for maybe one series, two series, and then pick it back up? It feels like when they get rolling, nobody can stop them. But right. if they never get rolling... Those are the game. They didn't have to deal with the that, right. and that's been my thing with this week season. And that's not to take anything away from the Niners. Don't get me wrong. With the way the teams are set up this season, oh my gosh, what are the Niners gonna do if they're in this gritty matchup? They might not be in one. Right. They might that just might never just be, be in how one. It goes. No. Right. And that'll be the knock against them. <laughs> they I never. Think so. Can I also? I feel like that yeah. doesn't happen in football yeah. like basketball. Yeah. As we're trying to like build narratives, like is there? Is it okay to wonder if maybe now, like, this is the great, this has been the the great thing that's been fueling the Niners' fire for ever since they got eliminated last year, and now that they're on the other side of it and they've conquered that. Mm-hmm. I mean, either a not knowing what fu- what fires and fuels them now, which I would assume would be a Super Bowl, so I wouldn't right. assume that's a problem. But b, is there a chance that maybe they go into these these games in the postseason overconfident? Like, mm-hmm. is there something to trying to fight up and, and fight up and like trying to have a, a real attention to detail. And now you go into those games, you have destroyed the yeah. Cowboys. You've destroyed the Eagles. Like you go in overconfident. Like, a, it, like yeah. it, that's I'm one of those things mentally you. and that's coaching. You got to make sure you have yeah. your guys in line, but is that maybe something that, that I happens so. moving forward? I don't think so because I just think that they're too talented. Sure. Honestly, I think the only team they can't just, that sounds roll- like a, a, prime way to to overlook an opponent we're I, too talented to overlook opponents i just I, the only the only the only game that they that i think it could happen the okay so the trap i'm talking game, postseason also like i think regular right. season it's got to be against an afc team i think i don't think it's going to be against an nfc team so the super bowl yeah which i don't think anyone's going to go into the super bowl over i think of course the, the because Ni- kyle Shanahan can't get it done in but the you don't think yeah. like there's a chance that the niners play the cowboys no, there in is. the second round yeah. of the playoffs and the niners sure. are, are going yeah. into that game saying we've destroyed these guys these guys you know the, the that's eagles, the only the eagles are their rival mm-hmm. but we kill them and then you know is there a chance that you know mvp Dak shows up and starts <laughs> throwing the ball all over the place to the niners the team, secondary that's and, the only team you know? that has the axe to grind what with if the they, niners the they, cowboys the, no if the eagles get rolling again they do yeah. if the eagles win to prove I, again that's that, going to that happen was, again i'm more worried yeah. dare i say about the cowboys i would be more worried about the cowboys offense than the eagles offense i just don't see it man okay. they got two receivers 
and, and I, please, if you play prize pick or whatever, don't ever take both of them. Because AJ <laughs> no. Brown, the only reason yeah, they only both hit, the only reason they both hit last night, because it was a blowout. Yeah. When they win games, it's either okay, they're they're doubling on AJ Brown, it's going to be a Devontae Smith game, or or they're not doubling on Devont on AJ Brown, so we're just going to throw to. AJ Brown, right. you know, Quez Watkins, who shout I, out cousin Quez, yeah cousin Quez, <laughs> right? We're gonna have him on the show yeah, soon. Yeah, shout out cousin right? Quez, to always, Chris's yeah. cousin. You got Quez, and you're missing again. Dallas Goddard, yeah. which Who's is key huge. for them. Yeah. He's really huge. key for them. But I, I mean, look at the O line for which O line do you think is better, Eagles or Cowboys? Probably. Probably the way they Eagles. Play, it looks the like way, the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not to go Stephen A. Smith here, but oh my lord, it looks like you got time to make an omelet. I'm, call your sweetie, tell him I'm coming home. Jalen Hurts is just hanging out back there. I'm still more scared of Jalen Hurts than Dak Prescott too. At at any point, even when when because you've Jaylen's seen him behind, you've seen him get to. A I've Super seen Bowl. him do, and no, 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 I've seen him roll. Like this is the first time Dak's really been in the MVP conversation. We're gonna see a lot this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely going to in Dallas too. It. There's so many factors, but I still, you, I don't know if they're going to, like, look how confident the Niners were going into this week. Look how much trash they talked, specifically guys like Debo, and then backed it up. Yeah. That's the main argument against you. I know you're kind of playing devil's no, advocate, yeah, yeah. Chris, definitely. but they definitely can get overconfident. That's what I was worried about this week. I'm mm-hmm. like, they're trashing these guys. Yep. The Eagles are going to take it so personal. And then Debo even came out after, and he's like, yeah, it's part of the process. I hope no one took it too personal. Yeah. He literally, yeah. he like said that yeah. almost verbatim. I, I would never say that I feel bad for the Eagles because they got to go to a Super Bowl due to Brock Purdy yeah. tearing his, his UCL, right? Yeah. But it did feel like the Eagles, in the midst of this, had to talk trash, but also felt like, man— <laughs> We had to play the Chiefs. Yeah. We had to play the Bills. We yeah. got to talk trash with right. you, and hopefully we get it done. And then if we talk trash, we're going to talk trash with you. Then after that, we got to talk trash again right. against the Cowboys. So I'm not feeling bad right. for the Eagles at all, but they really had no choice because yeah. the Niners had this circled, right? And right. Really, again, since Niner fans like to say, oh, are they cheating? They're, they're cheating for the Eagles. If they really wanted to give – the Eagles, their best shot. They would have given the Eagles sandwiched them, sandwiched the Niners between the the Giants and the Panthers, or right. the Giants and the Commanders. Not during this. So everybody's got to deal with it. Yep. The Niners got their lick back, and now it flips back to the Eagles. You got punked. Yep. You got embarrassed, and you can't. You and, and uh, Jay. Hey, maybe the maybe the Eagles can now say. I'm going to drop the mic here. <laughs> now the Eagles can now say, "Well, we were missing Jalen." We missed Jalen. Oh, don't do that. We missed Jalen for don't what? Do that. For one series? For, for or series I don't even think he missed the play. For a series and a half. Oh All right. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we will break down what happens if the Kings win. We will break down what happens if Zion Williams scores more than, what, 10 lefty layups? Sals and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. And it's been a really, really, I would say a different show, a unique show, because the Niners in such a big victory, obviously, yeah. we're getting ready for the Kings. 
But, you know, switching back and forth throughout the different throughout the different subjects that we have to get into. I mean, the Niners, you got to be feeling, you got to be feeling real good about yourself. If you are a Niner fan, if you're a Niner Kings fan, I mean, you're walking, you're walking about 10 feet tall. (laughs) Nate walked into the building today and he was feeling good. He's got the Niner beanie on. You got the Debo shirt on. You got the Debo shirt on underneath. He's doing a lot. He's feeling good. And we know that Bobby here is feeling good as well on the Call line 916-339-1140 if you want to be a part of the conversation. All callers and guests join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. What's up, Bobby? What you got for a thousand Watkins, Sacktown Sports? Hey, what's up, guys? I just want to say I, I like your show. You guys are doing a good job. You got that. Uh, you guys got some good natural chemistry going, and you know your stuff. So really like your show. Uh, oh, but, appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. it. Bobby, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you guys are legit, man. You know your stuff too. That's why I like listening. Thank but, you. Uh, you uh, with the Debo vibes, I love that because we need to give those vibes to our boy Drake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him later. Oh, we we'll, go. Yeah, see we him later. later. We, we go, go see give him it later. Hey, he's got that East Coast talk. We got to hear that. Hey, hey, Drake, real quiet today. I hope, man, because you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I went and got curb stomped on national TV in the link. That's what happened. That that happened. Yeah, Ooh, I'm in shock. I'm a Niners fan, but like that was a demolish. That was a demolishing. Yeah. Um, and what's great is like I played a fairly high level as a quarterback. Like I like you guys. You've been hearing on all the shows today. Leave Brock alone, man. Like, mm. can we just rest that now, please, people? Because this is the issue, too. People just don't understand the position of quarterback. It's way too layered. But, like, give him some credit. That, that need we say more after yesterday. He he surgically dissected that defense. Yeah. It was third. Well, Bobby. So thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. No, thank you for calling you, in, Bobby. Bobby. Next time you call in, we definitely want to ask where Bobby played. Yeah. Because high got to get some quarterback. Oh, hey, uh, right now, Grant, hi, man. Oh. Hey, we're going back to state. There you uh, go. I saw that. Boy, yeah. Go ahead, coach. That's my boy right there. His little brother Shaq on the Panthers. So back in the glory days of Grant. Yeah. There you go. That's Ooh. what's up, Bobby. No, thank you for calling in. You are now a friend of the show. So call in whenever you want to be a part of the conversation. Shout out Bobby. And yeah, you know, I'm talking to I'm talking to a lot of different people, as Bobby says. And when you look at some of the when you look at some of the screens and when you look at the slants, I I understand yeah. I understand both sides, and totally. I hate to yeah. say that, yeah. but I that's why I think la- yesterday was so funny to me, and to keep the content rolling as right. we like to do. Let's do if it. you are a hater, you can you can pick and choose and say, well, look at Debo doing this and that, lowest air yards for for Brock. If you watch the Niners, you know Brock the throws to Ayuk, the yeah. back shoulder throws. You Come know he on. has that in the bag. He didn't have to go there yesterday so if you're a hater you can take that if you're not a hater if you are a Niner fan or a Brock fan you can say look man you still have to be on time with those throws and I'm gonna go back to our first I thought what really set the tone was and now this is separate to the MVP conversation don't get me wrong but when it comes to quarterback play I'll never forget it's just one throw so I'm not I'm not I'm not just throwing this guy to the wolves here, but it was Kenny Two Gloves, right, in Pittsburgh, and it was a slant, very similar to what – they all throw slants, yes. right? Very similar, and it was in the red zone, I believe, very close to the red zone. Steelers trying to figure out against the Niners, and Kenny Two Gloves just missed the guy. Yeah. He just threw behind him, and you started thinking about 
you know, how often, and I know Brock almost, he made IU dive for that. Yeah. He was wide open there. Yeah. But how often does Brock throw behind, not, not just a catchable ball. Yeah. How often does Brock throw behind a guy on a slant? It's rare, man. Yeah, maybe once every other game, every couple games, maybe. It's rare. Yeah. No, it really is. And that's the thing that, you know, and also Brock has figured out the turnover thing as well because mm-hmm. that was the big thing when they were losing. It wasn't even necessarily Brock was playing terribly. Like, he was playing really well in that Minnesota game mm-hmm. up until the point of concussion, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's the turnovers that killed him. And yesterday, not a single turnover. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just as big of a part as making plays is the plays that – or the, the plays that you're not making, the bad throws you're not making. And to me, that's the biggest thing with Brock. It's not even about the massive highs you get. It's about the amount, the few amount of lows that you get with him. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just not something you get in today's quarterback age. I mean, a lot of the time you'll get you know guys almost like Jameis Winston where it's like, yeah, you'll get the 30 touchdowns, but you have to get the 30 picks with it as well. If you want Sam Howell to be successful and lead the NFL in passing yards – well, Sam Howell is also going to lead the NFL in turnovers as right. well. And that's the thing that Brock's not doing. I, you know, Now you have the full season sample size of having what he's played 19 games or whatever in his career now. He's got 36 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and a handful of fumbles. Like that's If you want to make an MVP case, to me, that's what it is. Is mm-hmm. this guy who, yeah, sometimes you'll get gunslingers in the late round who – always had arms, but the decision-making was the questionable thing. With Brock, you don't get the mistakes. And to me, not making mistakes is almost as just as valuable as making those big, huge, heroic plays late in games. So you know I love my cooking shows. Yes, love them. You know, Hell's yeah. Kitchen, yeah. what else is there? I love MasterChef, yeah. right? Chopped, all the shows. And what they say about, I know The Bear, everybody loves The Bear. So I, great, I, you don't. I like okay. The Bear's good. Yeah. It's a good yep. show. <laughs> I feel like the bear is how a lot of people treat Brock Purdy, right? Yes. Because a lot sure. of people want you to say Brock Purdy. the Purdy's, greatest show ever. The greatest show ever. Yeah. I say, the bear's a good show. And people say that disrespectful. No, it's not. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah. Right? So one thing when you when you hear about chefs, right, or if you, if you watch any of these shows, the big thing is if to be a good chef, you have to know how to make a good omelet. Sure. Right? Yeah. Right? You have to know how to make a good omelet, the Eggs have to be nice and fluffy. Right. You have to be able to do that correctly, right? So even though it's fairly easy to make a a good omelet, how consistent are you? And every time you make that omelet, if you're Gordon Ramsay, right. if, if you are Bobby Flay, whoever, every time they make an omelet, it's perfect. That's the sign of a very good chef. Right. I would say that the timing on the ball placement, the timing on screens, the timing on slants, yeah. that is your That's omelet. That's a QB omelet. As a quarterback, yeah. right? And Brock Purdy makes an yeah. omelet. Like Gordon Ramsay. Now, mm-hmm. can Brock Purdy make a you know some of these other dishes right, right that that Gordon Ramsay or Bobby Flay whip up? I don't know. I think we're we're trying to figure that out. I think sometimes he can, but he doesn't have to all the time. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that you will always have a job if you can make a good omelet as a chef, and right. somebody will always be in your restaurant. Right. And that's Brock Purdy. Every time he makes an omelet, there's enough egg. It's fluffy enough. He doesn't overcook it, and he keeps you coming back because you can depend on it. I think that's a fantastic example. I, I don't really have much to, much to add to it. I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing that's made him so great for this offense as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, 
if if your menu's good, you might not need the best chef in the world. You right. know, it, it, he's got great ingredients. He's got great ingredients, yes. and he's got a good base. He can right. make a good right. omelet, right? But he might not be able to have this huge culinary experience of mm-hmm. creating all of these things off the top of his head. But if you he can he can follow a recipe if you give it to him for sure, and he's got that baseline, like you're saying. I, I don't even want to touch your your analogy because yeah. I don't I don't want to ruin it at all. Uh, I think that's great. I mean, yeah, whatever example you want to use, Whitey would say the 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 rocket ship versus mm-hmm. you know uh, whatever something else uh, where you know you're just pressing buttons and mm-hmm. versus a guy who's got a you know like a an airplane versus a, a right. rocket ship kind of difference. I I think that's perfect. I mean, yeah, I, I think it Brock is. He's an, like I don't know if there's been anybody like that. Like I don't know if we've ever had an MVP candidate that's had this strange of a case. And maybe it, it's yeah. more because of the fact that there is no dominant guy out there that's stealing the award. But it just it, it feels like his his argument is so nuanced, but yet it also is the argument that at this moment in time makes the most sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, okay, we'll take a Josh Allen for example. You could walk into Josh Allen, and and it could honestly be, you know, a five-star meal. You got filet mignon. It's cooked perfectly. The asparagus, everything is salted great. And then, hey, we got another ticket in for an omelet, and Josh Allen doesn't crack the eggs the right way, or he leaves a shell in the egg, or he he hammers the eggs. That's a problem with Josh Allen. So that's what it is right now, and consistency – for Kyle Shanahan, I think that's what has him drooling, always had him drooling over Brock Purdy was the consistency and then the little flair that Brock Purdy has when he can play make and when he does have that 10 yards split. I know, Chris, that 10 yards split to get him going. And hey, a linebacker might not think he got that in the bag. Shout out Jansport. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we continue to transition. To the Kings taking on the Pelicans, the Pellies tonight. Can they stop Zion Williams and make him use his right hand? And Brandon Ingram, don't let him get to his spot. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.